Well, hello, all of my beautiful, kind friends. It has been quite some time since we have last joined each other on this wonderful journey of kindness and truth and all things crazy in our lives. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, I have six prior episodes that you can listen to and um, catch up with. Had my husband in on a few episodes. Going forward, um, I'm going to be having him on episodes, maybe even some other guests for different topics that I'm going to be covering, such as finances, moving and storage, real estate, health, um, mindfulness, all kinds of fun things on the agenda. Um, This episode is going to be focusing on the power of positive and self-love, which are two very important things that we all can work harder on. for ourselves, for our families, for the planet. Uh, A lot of times we get into these like hate spirals and really get down on ourselves and down on everything around us. So it's important to stay mindful and look at the upside of things. Try to find ways to find the good or, you know, the half glass full method as hard as that can sometimes be. So I'm going to catch you up on everything that's been going on since the last episode, which back in October of 2018. So it's been over a year, but I look forward to our journey thus far. And uh, hopefully you enjoy this episode and subscribe. Also, you can follow me on Instagram now at The Kind Truth, and I will keep you updated there whenever I release new episodes. So without further ado, let's get into the nitty gritty. So since our last episode, um, all kinds of fun things have happened. And I say fun because a lot of them were fun and a lot of them were not so fun, but it's really been important for me to stay positive, to get through everything and come out the other side without completely losing my mind. So if we go all the way back to July, August, September, October of 2018, those months were, um, Well, there's just a lot going on. As I had said in my previous podcast, you know, we had some family health issues with my uncle and my husband's mother. Um, Personally, which I didn't mention on the prior podcast, but I decided on this episode to go ahead and mention it. Um, So I had had a miscarriage during that time frame and we weren't too far along. It was still very early, but it still hurt a lot internally, mentally felt, you know, like I was failing. What was I doing wrong? We had gone over so many years with just having Tessa and we had decided that let's see what happens take a chance if you know she'd been begging us for a sibling nonstop. so we kind of just decided to let things take their course and so I was really excited when I got that test but then had a lot of heavy bleeding went to the doctor and they said unfortunately the baby was no longer Um, so that was really kind of a bad place for a minute for me to just wrap my mind around, you know, what did I do wrong? Why doesn't my body like me anymore? Am I too old for a baby? And then I kind of looked at it as, you know what, it just wasn't the right time. Scientifically speaking, obviously that embryo wasn't viable and my body knew that. So things took care of themselves and looking at it from that standpoint and, you know, looking things spiritually saying, Hey, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't part of the plan. All of that really helped me. Um, Also doing a lot of yoga and meditation was helpful. Um, Talking to friends and family members who had gone through similar things, who would understand, was very helpful. So for any of my friends out there who are listening and have had things 
happen in their life, whether it be a miscarriage or a loss of a family member, it is important to not just bottle yourself in and to be unafraid to reach out and talk to at least one person. And you will never cease to be amazed at how people will come together and talk and not be afraid to listen and help you. Um, don't be afraid to get help. So that's that's kind of my little rant on that moment. But um, getting back to our timeline, so we also had um, Daisy, who was 14. She Her birthday was in November of 2018, where she was going to turn 15. And she randomly just started having these weird episodes where she would be standing and her whole body would tense up and she would fall over and vomit. And it was like she was out of it. Like I would yell her name. I would come up to her. I would rub her. I would talk to her. She just, it was like she was not there. So I was panicking, rushed her to the vet. Um, they thought maybe it was her gallbladder. Maybe it was something in her stomach. She could have this. She could have that. A hundred different things, of course, because without doing full testing, they weren't really sure what was going on. And I talked with the veterinarian because I really wanted to make sure she wasn't suffering, having any pain. But I also, you know, didn't want to be selfish and put her through all of these crazy tests and studies and exams and things that would bring her more pain. Uh, she was my best friend for so long, and she was the first and only dog I've ever been around that did not cause asthma attacks, allergy problems, sinus problems. I mean, I slept with her in the bed for 14 years, so I was very, very close to her, and we agreed that we would change some dietary things with her and try to get her up and moving a little more and not go through all of the x-rays and MRIs and blood tests and things of that nature that were a little excessive and would have caused her a lot more stress, especially at her age. So it was kind of touch and go with her um, towards the end of that year. And actually in October, towards the end of October, early November, um, I got pregnant again and had another miscarriage. That one was about six weeks. So it was considered a chemical pregnancy where um, the baby doesn't even really fully begin to develop. It just barely shows up on the blood work as having the pregnancy hormone. So again, I'm, you know, sitting there like, gosh, what am I doing wrong? What is happening? Why does my body hate me now? And I had to just stop and be like, no, my body doesn't hate me. I'm not doing anything wrong. This is just not the right time. It wasn't the right makeup. It wasn't, you know, something in my body was saying, hey, this isn't for you right now. We need to move forward. So it, it was crazy um, that it was just back to back like that. And then with everything going on with Daisy. And so I was just kind of finding myself becoming a little more secluded um, and, and trying to look at the bright side of things and say, hey, we're going to get through this as a family. We're going to be able to move forward and good things are going to happen. We've got Christmas coming up and Thanksgiving. And so I just focused on those things um, and tried, you know, just continuing the self-love method of yoga, yoga with Adrian. I'm still to the day I die, I will love yoga with Adrian because she has saved me so many times. Not a plug for her, not paid, don't, never even talked to her, but just this is me being real with you that her channel and her just even listening to her voice has really helped me a lot. Um, so in November, Daisy turned 15. We had a little birthday celebration for her and continued through the holidays. We got into December and lo and behold, I 
you know, started not feeling good. And I said, hey, I haven't, you know, all my females out there know when you skip a cycle and things are kind of weird, you're like, what's going on? So I took another test and it came back positive. So I immediately called the doctor, they got me in, they did ultrasound and they said, hey, there's a little bean. Everything looks good, but we couldn't hear the heartbeat yet because I think it was only about seven weeks at that point. Um, so it wasn't enough to where they could pick up a strong heartbeat. So they wanted me to come back after Christmas. And the irony there is that Tessa had actually written a note to Santa and she asked Santa to bring her a baby sister and that's what she really wanted for Christmas. She had been wanting a sibling for so long and she was begging Santa, please, please, please bring me a baby sister. And so on December 26th, we went to the doctor and Tessa was with me and we heard the heartbeat and the look on her face was just... I can see it in my mind now it was priceless she was like oh my gosh Santa brought me a baby I knew it I knew it I knew it better be a sister and even the obstetrician was laughing with her saying hey if it ends up being a sister you tell Santa next year that you want a winning lottery ticket because obviously Santa listens to you so we were all just overjoyed um for me it was kind of you know surreal at that point because of what we had gone through twice before so I was being very cautious I was non-stop nauseous I mean all through Christmas I didn't tell any of my family or anything because I didn't want to risk losing this baby and having told anyone so I went through the holidays with all 13 or 15 of us crammed in my grandma's house wanting to just lay in bed and puke and not look or smell or talk to anybody and it was hard because I had to just pretend to be me and smiling and laughing only my sister knew um so she was kind of helping check in with me and you know hey you want some ginger ale hey you okay you doing all right um so yeah it was just kind of our little mini huddle that knew and it, it was it was fun holidays when you're feeling like that and can't tell anybody why um, but after Christmas, after we heard the heartbeat, then I was able to tell my mom and my grandma and grandpa and just kind of get everybody clued in um, because we knew, hey, we're strong, we're doing good. Um, and the unfortunate side um, is right after Christmas, I started noticing Daisy acting less and less like herself. Um, she was getting more lethargic, kind of just wanting to be left alone, wanted to sleep a lot. She started having accidents in the house, both peeing and pooping. Um, I would have to carry her outside because her back legs just seemed like they couldn't support her that much anymore. So it was kind of like, hey, what happened to my precious little baby? You know, she was fine before Christmas, jumping around happy. And then it was literally like we went to Cleveland for the weekend before Christmas, came back to a whole different dog. Um, so I was, I was very upset with that, um, trying to help her figure out what we could do, talking with the vet, and coming into January, we were looking forward to my birthday weekend because we were going back out to LA and La Jolla and San Diego, and I was just internally panicked because I'm like, you know, I've got this new life growing in me, so I'm trying not to be stressed, but here is my dog of 15 years rapidly declining, what's happening? Um, sorry, it's the first time I've officially talked through everything but anyhow um so we were marching into January with trying to look as positively as possible and the week of my birthday which my birthday is the 19th of January so it was that whole week prior um, I started having bleeding again and it wasn't as bad as it had been the prior two times but it was enough to concern me 
and then Daisy started also declining rapidly that week to where I called the vet and was like, hey, I need to bring her in. We're kind of at a do or die moment. I need to know what to do to help her. She's in pain. I can just tell because um, she was having a couple more of those weird seizure fits. So we were flying out on that Friday before my birthday. So I made an appointment with the veterinarian on Thursday and my OB doctor on Thursday because I wanted to get everything taken care of before we went out of town. So first was Daisy's appointment, so we took her into the veterinarian's office, and that morning when we got up, I mean, she couldn't even walk, she couldn't move, she just looked at us like, I'm done. So we made the decision, sorry, not sorry, actually, stop saying sorry for when you are emotional, that's one thing I'm trying to break my habit this year. Um, anyhow, so we took her in and made the decision with the veterinarian that it was best to let her go peacefully and not risk us going out of town and having our neighbors watch her um, and something happen while I was gone. So I laid her to rest that morning and then that afternoon went to the doctor's office um, because I was still having bleeding and we were getting ready to go on a flight for five hours across the country and they checked everything and said, hey, baby's doing really good. It's just probably some breakthrough bleeding, um, which I'm sure any men listening are like, whoa, TMI, but you know, get over it. Uh, breakthrough bleeding, for those who don't know, is when the baby implants themselves into your uterus. It can cause bleeding internally, and sometimes that just comes through weeks after, um, and so it's called breakthrough bleeding, and that's what was happening. So nothing was actively bleeding, nothing was improper with the ultrasound or with my body, it was just a weird timing of events, um, and they said, you know, you need to stay calm, relaxed, you're safe to fly, and I said, yeah, really easy to stay calm and relaxed after what just happened this morning, but um, I tried to pull myself together because I said, hey, it's my birthday, we're going on a trip, and honestly, that trip was a true blessing in disguise. I was mad at the time because I said, you know, if we weren't going on this trip, maybe I wouldn't have been so stressed out, maybe I wouldn't have had the bleeding or maybe Daisy would have been able to live longer or whatever but looking back I mean now over a year later I'm able to say hey that trip got me away from it all for several days to where I could just sit outside in La Jolla listening to the mom and pup sea lions talking to each other and really kind of zen do some yoga um, and it, it helped being there sitting listening to that in the California sunshine was definitely a big help to heal as much as I could in that moment and focus on I need to support the life within me that was growing. I need to support Tessa and my husband and myself. You know, we gotta, we always overlook ourselves in the pursuit of making sure everyone else is happy and healthy. And, and that's important to make sure everyone else around us is happy and healthy and we're doing the best for ourselves, our planet, but ourselves. I mean, we, we need to make sure that we are taken care of because as my husband always tells me, if you're sick, if you're tired, if you're not taking care of yourself, you are no good to anybody else. You're not going to take care of anybody or anything else if you're laid up and can't do anything. So that trip was definitely a big savior there in helping to heal what needed to be healed in that moment. So we got home. Obviously, it was 
a very eerie, weird feeling coming home without a dog running around barking and jumping. But um, I slowly and slowly started to make a little more peace with it. But as you can see, I still get all choked up talking about it. And that's, that's just part of my process. Some people are able to move forward and turn that switch and go. I am not. Um, I get very connected deeply emotionally with people and animals and things of that nature. So it's, it's something that just, it takes time and don't be mad at yourself if you're like me and you take time to get through things and work through things and heal because that's okay. That's part of being a human being. That's part of being yourself is allowing the emotions to come out. I spent a year literally stuffing everything down because I was focused on doing what was best for you know, my baby within me and my family and those around me. And so I didn't really ever allow myself to heal fully, to grieve Daisy, to grieve the two prior losses, to look at, hey, you know, we have had loss with other family members and other things going on. And it's, it is part of life, but it still hurts no matter how many times you say that's life, things happen, move on. It still hurts. It still sucks. It's still not something that you want to happen to you or anyone else around you, but it's something that you need to take time to deal with, to cope, and then to move forward with the positive mindset that, you know, now I have guardian angels watching over me. I have Daisy. We had her cremated. I have a little urn with her picture and her paw print and everything, and every night I say goodnight tell her to watch over us and she does and I believe in that so you might think I'm crazy but hey to each their own that's what happens this is me being real again I don't edit these podcasts I just talk and publish so you're getting it all hope you uh are not bawling your eyes out with me or laughing or whatever you know we all have our own emotions to each their own um so fast forwarding a little bit through the beginning 15 weeks of that pregnancy I was just that nonstop, I want to throw up, but I can't. Um, ironically, when we were flying back from California that weekend, we got stuck on the plane for nine and a half hours because the brakes melted when we were on the tarmac and they wouldn't let us off the plane until they fixed the brakes to where they could move the plane. So we sat there a total flight time and everything boarding to deboarding nine and a half hours Tessa ended up throwing up in the bathroom because we didn't have food and she was just eating junk and it made her sick. By the time we got home and had food, we were all feeling sick and miserable. And then the irony there is that Tessa and I actually got like sick sick. I don't know if it was the full-blown flu, but man, we were laid up for at least a week. I mean, it was bad. So having that on top of being pregnant, trying to take care of her, trying not to give it to my husband, it was it was rough rough times for everybody. But um, once I got through that, throwing up that whole hot mess, um, then it was just the normal pregnancy sickness of, you know, you don't feel well and can't do anything about it. And you just got to kind of figure out coping mechanisms. So I focused a lot on doing prenatal yoga and deep breathing and stretching and getting outside and putting my mind into other things, you know, Tessa schooling, I homeschool. So that was still obviously a big priority, a big thing that we needed to 
maintain each and every day. Um, so that helped keep me going forward and not sitting there dwelling on, oh, I feel miserable and I just hate life and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then after that 15 weeks was over, um, the nausea went away and then started the insane leg cramps and the sciatic pain and abdominal cramps and heartburn. And I tell you, they say the second pregnancy is worse for pregnancy purposes and then labor and delivery is easier. I thought they were lying, but they were not. Granted, my children are seven years apart, but I tell you to this day, that second pregnancy with my little boy, Finneru, I... I don't, it was night and day. I mean, I was like, what is happening to my body? My body hates me. I would wake up through the middle of the night in excruciating pain, leg cramps, couldn't move, sciatic pain shooting down my back, tailbone, and then it would rotate to heartburn where I just couldn't. It felt like I was going to spew lava out of my mouth at any moment. Then a week later, it would rotate to just these weird abdominal cramps and growing pains like my rib cage was going to give out. And it did that for the whole entire rest of the pregnancy. So for all my fellow mamas out there, we are strong, we kick ass, we make life, and to all the dads, you better show respect for those women for having to go through all of that, and I hope everybody, um, you know, is supportive of one another, and just taking care of things. I mean, it's, it's a serious business, growing human beings and then bringing them into this world, but, um... With him, we were blessed in the labor aspect of things, where I was in active labor for like three weeks, same as with Tessa, and he came late, same as with Tessa. He was only two days late, though, thankfully, Um, but six pushes, and here he was, happy, healthy little boy, Uh, six pounds, seven ounces, 19 inches, which ironically, Tessa was six pounds, six ounces, 19 inches. She was born at 11.17 a.m. He was born at 11.07 p.m. She's April, he's August. So it's it's yin and yang, and it's full effect, and I think it's great, and couldn't be happier for the way everything turned out um, with him, happy, healthy, bumbling little boy. You might even be able to hear him in the background, because I think he just woke up from his nap. Um, but yeah, I just want to say, if you're going through all of that, you're feeling sick, you're feeling miserable, you're wondering, like, when is this ever going to be over? I have a bowling ball growing inside of me. Enjoy it. I know it sounds weird, but now that he's, you know, he's six months old, doing great, doing healthy, but there's times where I do miss it. I miss that feeling of him being in my belly and kicking me and poking my ribs and rolling around and watching my belly do all these weird moving things. Like there's just this alien within me. Uh, it's, it's something where in the moment you might get frustrated, like, Hey, I'm trying to sleep, kid. Can you calm down? But now it's just relish it. Just enjoy every minute of heartburn and nausea and all those things because it's, it's for the greater good. And this is, again, when I mentioned the power of positive, this is it right here. Looking at the amazing part of life. I mean, even now it's, you know, up through the night feeding him I get home from work shower my head hits that pillow not even 30 seconds boom he's awake he smells me mommy's home time to eat and there's nights where I'm just like oh please just stay asleep for five minutes but then I stop and say no because he's gonna grow out of this stage so fast then he's gonna be like mom I don't need you I got food I can self-sustain you know like Tessa I mean she's like my other little mommy changing diapers and helping me with you know, if we travel and I have pumped bottles, she'll warm them and feed them. And it's, it's just, it's amazing how fast time flies. So even through the moments of frustration, 
agony, tiredness, fatigue, whatever you're feeling, just look at it not as in that moment, but instead as, hey, this is only temporary and I as tired and whatever I am, I need to enjoy this because there's going to be a point in time where I'm like, do you remember back when you used to wake me up at two in the morning and hold my hand and look at me as you were nursing and and no, they don't remember, but you're going to remember that forever. And even dads who are helping out, you know, if you're doing the late night feeding with the bottle or diaper changes or whatever, relish those moments because soon you're going to end up with a teenager or, you know, an adult child that just, yeah, how's it going? I'm going to call in and check with you once a month and that's it. That's all you're getting. So we need all of us to just enjoy the life moments. Look at the positivity and the happiness and the joy and the love and yeah it's just a beautiful thing i'm going to try not to rant too much on that um but it is yeah it's definitely a blessing and so happy with my little munchkins um but it's it's funny because a lot of those moments that i wish i would have spent more time enjoying we didn't get to enjoy as much I would say um, because we had a lot going on during my last few months of pregnancy throughout the summer of last year we began house hunting because I knew I was going to need a house with a classroom um, so I needed extra room because I do homeschool now I'm going to have two kids to homeschool I need some room for that we wanted a backyard to be able to play in because the backyard of our house we were in was just basically a downward hill with woods so not enough room for especially two kids to be romping around playing in and, um, you know, just a two-car garage. We weren't looking for a massive house. Um, we just wanted a different layout, I guess would be the right way to say it. And months and months of searching. Our realtor, Mike, which ironically is the same name as my husband. So I had Mike and Mike all summer. Um, he was a godsend. And he was so patient, so helpful. Because here I am, crazy pregnant mama you know, it's hot, it's summer, we're house hunting, we're walking through these houses and people have dogs and whatever. And he just, he put up with all of my zany texts first thing in the morning and, you know, in the middle of the night when I'm at work and I would find a house, I would text him, hey, I want to go see this house tomorrow. And nine times out of 10, when, as long as he could, um, he would, you know, get that showing and take me to the house. And we looked at so many houses. I mean, it's, I'm going to do a whole podcast on the real estate market and see if I can get him on there with me because it is crazy. Like looking at pictures online of houses versus what they look like in person, it should be illegal how some of these photographers take these pictures because it's so deceiving and it's like, man, I'm wasting my time. But no, flip the script. It's not a waste of time. It's you saying, you know what? I don't like this floor plan or I don't like this neighborhood. And you wouldn't know that if you wouldn't have gone and looked at that house. So all of the frustration and time spent in looking at these houses that I thought were a waste of time really helped me hone in on what was important. Do I really need a four bedroom house? N no, because I just need a room for each kid and us. And then as long as I have like an extra part of the house I can turn into the classroom, that works too. Do I really need an acre of a backyard? No, because husband's going to have to maintain it and he, you know, shouldn't have to take care of an acre of yard. I mean, if that's not part of our agenda. So it was just learning what you do and don't like in the nitty gritty reality of it. Um, but yeah, doing all of that while pregnant was difficult, fun, and tiring. Um, 
And it was kind of that end of summer, beginning of fall was like crunch time. I mean, we had Finn born on August 20th. And on September 6th, we signed the closing for the sale of our house. On September 9th, we signed the closing for the new house. On September 11th, we moved. And then on October 4th, Michael had to have a double hernia repair surgery. So we had a newborn baby moving, signing papers. Right before Finn was born, we were, you know, going through inspections and back and forth negotiations. And I want this. I don't want that. I'm not paying for this. You're paying for that. It was just chaos, tears, all kinds of things. But I, I was proud of myself in handling things because I kept telling myself, it's all going to work out. Everything's meant to be. It's going to work out. I need to stay calm, relaxed, collected. We're going to move forward. We're going to handle things accordingly. Write it down, plot it out. Do whatever you need to do to keep your mind in the right positive mindset. So I had a lot of notes that I would write and cross things off as they were completed or highlight things that needed addressed. So if that works for you or if you're like, you know, you want to tell your Alexa, I'm not saying her name because, well, she'll probably turn on. Um, But, you know, whatever's easier for you to mitigate tasks that will keep you sane. If you have a lot going on, um, just stay organized and stay positive and know that it's all going to work out because it did. We got through all of it. We got through the moving. We remodeled the kitchen and demoed everything when we first moved into the house. My sister surprised me and came up and visited with her son while we were demoing the kitchen and getting everything remodeled. And it was just like, oh my goodness, you know, what what are we doing? I started Tessa into second grade when Finn was six days old. So we were also trying to do homework in school while doing the closings and the moving and the remodeling. And yeah, I mean, it's it was it was like hell week or hell month or two months almost, I should say, but we got it done before the holidays and now we're able to enjoy and do projects that are fun, like planning our landscaping. We are getting a fence put up so we can put in a pool and looking forward to the upcoming spring and summer when we can get outside and enjoy being outdoors in our new big backyard with all these beautiful trees and birds and deer. And so, yeah, guys, that's again, the light is always at the end of the tunnel The darkness might be there for a minute, but if you can just see that little peak of light, follow it. Hardcore, headstrong, go into it. It will save you. It's, you, I mean, you just have to. That's, that's, that's all there is to it is, I mean, right now with my job, I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram, especially at the Danny and Tess Instagram account that I have, you'll see me going on little mini rants about uh, my employer and giving me issues with taking lactation breaks. And it's been a back and forth battle with them since I came back from leave. And there's coworkers complaining that I'm getting favoritism because I get an extra break. In reality, it's it's law. It's part of the protection of mothers who are lactating and nursing and feeding their babies. I legally am allowed to take these breaks to pump milk for my child and you know screw you if you don't understand that and so the fact that these complaints are happening and I'm having to go into these meetings with HR and ethics and I'm filing complaints saying hey I'm being harassed people won't leave me alone I just want to pump work go like that's just leave me alone and I have to kind of laugh now because it's like this is it's a joke the fact that these things are still happening but I'm not going down that whole path of politics and laws and it's that's not what this podcast is for that's not what I'm about right now I'm just trying to point out that hey shit still happens there's days where I'm just like f it all 
but you can't be like that because who wants to be like that in the world? Who wants your kids and your family and your neighbors and friends to see you like that? You don't want to, that's a negative, toxic feeling to be like that in your body. So just get out of it, break it, stop it, slap yourself in the face, do what you got to do and understand that you're going to get through it. Things are going to work out going to be okay and at the end of the day you're going to smile and you're going to laugh and be like you know what I'm strong I'm badass I'm cool I'm amazing my friends and family and those who really love me and care about me are right here with me and everybody and everything else doesn't matter they are not controlling me their negativity hostility hate whatever is on them this is me taking care of me and I'm saying me as in us all of us listening Right now, I'm not just saying me physically, Danielle. I mean like you, the person with the headphones or whatever you're listening to this on. You are amazing, beautiful, badass, gorgeous, strong, fierce. Don't forget that. Don't let the negativity creep in and take hold of you. Use your life experiences as learning lessons and move forward. And take the time you need to cope and deal with things. But don't let it suck you into that darkness because you need to find the light and you need to swim as fast as you can towards it and hold on to it. And I promise you it's going to all be okay at the end of the day. Um, With that, I'm going to wrap it up before I go on any more rants and rages about anything. And um, hopefully you've learned a thing or two. Maybe I've reached a couple people out there because, again, that's all I'm trying to do is just help people find love and truth in a kind way and in a positive light and know that you're strong the power of positive will save you self-love will save you yoga meditation go work out go for a jog go step outside and watch the birds and listen to the animals and it's amazing what a little sunshine and a happy tweeting little bird will do for you to change your mindset on life And if you have kids, give them a big squeeze and a hug and say thank you for the sleepless nights and the sicknesses and destroying furniture or whatever else you've got going on with them. Just love. That's all you need to do is pass more love, pass more kindness, pass more positivity. So I appreciate you listening and uh, we've got more episodes coming out and um, check out the previous six episodes again if you haven't. Thank you so much for everything. I love you always and please just always be kind to yourself, to others around you in this world and to the planet because our planet needs a lot of love right now. So thank you so much. Have a beautiful day and I will talk to you soon.